In modern times this passage would be written in bold, italics and underlined. Unfortunately, the writer of Hebrews had no computer, how did he exist? He therefore uses repetition to emphasize strongly the previous key teaching of the absolute superiority of Jesus and his high priestly work on the cross. To go back to the earlier form of religion would be folly indeed. Hebrews glories in the total cleansing from all sin through the sacrificial death of Jesus. Not again, and again. Hebrews here in chapter 10 uses the same Greek philosophical thought as in 8.5 and 9.24. The religious forms according to the old Mosaic covenant are merely a reflection of the true and perfect model in heaven. Sacrifices and worship according to the law are only a shadow of the good things that are coming, 10.1. But in wonderful contrast, Jesus has completed His perfect self-sacrifice and is now seated at the right hand of God in heaven, 10.12. Under the former covenant the same sacrifices are repeated endlessly year after year, 10.1, and day after day every priest stands and performs his religious duties, again and again he offers the same sacrifice, 10.11. The constant repetition of a sacrifice shows that it fails to bring the desired forgiveness of sin. If the sacrifices had achieved that purpose, would they not have stopped being offered? 10.2. If they had been effective in bringing forgiveness and redemption, the worshippers would have been cleansed, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins in point 2. Unfortunately, these repeated sacrifices proved ineffective. In spite of the recognition that the sacrifices were in accordance with the Torah-slash-law, 10.8, the piling up of emotive expressions, repeated endlessly, year after year, day after day, indicates strong opposition to the whole sacrificial system. Hebrews has already used the expression endlessly in 7.3 and will repeat it again in 10.12 and 10.14. This utter rejection of such repetition is supported by the quotations in 10.5-8. God Himself did not desire such offerings and He was not pleased with them. The repeated offering of sacrifices demonstrates a lack of assured confidence in what Jesus has won for us on the cross. These verses relate not only to Jewish Christians, but to us all in our churches. They indicate to us that we have no need Sunday after Sunday to have any sacrificial ministry to wash away our sin and reconcile us to God. Any such worship form shows a failure to enjoy the reality of the once-forever sacrifice of Christ, which means that our sins have been forgiven already and there is no longer any sacrifice for sin, 10.18. Of course in our churches we need to ask for forgiveness every Sunday because we continue to sin and fail the Lord. But often we lack the assured confidence to praise God that His Son Jesus has already won total forgiveness of all our sin, past, present and future. Although we know with certainty that we already have forgiveness through the work of Jesus, the model of the Lord's Prayer still encourages us to pray forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. In this way we are reminded of our continuing lack of holiness and our need to take to ourselves the full salvation which Jesus has already given us. Thus God increasingly moves us into humility. We may note too that the prayer for forgiveness is inseparably linked to the requirement that we should also forgive those who sin against us. Just as receiving Jesus' forgiveness is essential for our relationship with God, so also our giving forgiveness is essential for our fellowship with God and together as His followers. Once for all. A. Tell us, the culmination. Matthew, Mark and Luke describe how immediately before His death Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. But John 19.30 states that Jesus said, no mention of the loud voice, it is finished, Greek, telestai. The verbal form of telos declares that he has achieved the culmination and goal of his life. Now he will live forever in the hands of his Father, glorying in the Father's presence and interceding for us. John's description of Jesus' final word fits perfectly with the other Gospels. As we have observed before, 
Hebrews 2 refers frequently to the telos goal for which we strive. So, unlike the repeated traditional sacrificial system which can never make perfect, the verbal form of telos, in 10.14 we read that Jesus has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. While the Holy Spirit's sanctifying work in us is ongoing, the continuous present tense, by His one sacrifice Jesus has made us perfect. The use here of the perfect tense indicates that Jesus has already brought us to the Father and into His very presence. That is the culminating goal, telos, of our life on earth, just as it was also the telos of Jesus Himself. But the perfect tense not only indicates something that has already happened, it also means that the action continues. Jesus has brought us into relationship with the Father, but He also still continues to work in us by His Spirit to achieve that purpose. In 10.102 Hebrews uses the perfect tense to say that we have been made holy through Jesus' sacrifice. By His cross Jesus has already begun His sanctifying work in us, but we still very much need the Spirit's ongoing work of sanctification. Hapax, once for all. Another favorite word in Hebrews. Jesus' atoning self-sacrifice has washed away all our sin, but the traditional Jewish sacrifice's constant repetition shows that they were quite unable to cleanse from sin. The stark contrast with Jesus once for all, 10.2, Hapax, sacrifice stands out clearly. Hebrews argues that, if the sacrifices had brought forgiveness, there would have been no further need for yet more sacrifices, 10.2. In fact, by their constant repetition the sacrifices just act as reminders of unforgiven sin, 10.3, they just leave people with a sense of guilt and a bad conscience, guilty is literally conscience. Of course Hebrews is describing the situation for contemporary Jews, but we have to ask, is this still true for many Christians today? Does our conscience continue to niggle us with a sense of sin and guilt? Verb tenses. Like with Paul in his letters, Hebrews is extremely careful in its choice of verb tenses. When Paul is describing Jesus' redeeming and justifying work on the cross, he consistently uses the aorist tense which indicates something that has been done in the past and it is finished. That action is complete and unrepeatable. Jesus has come into this world to do the Father's will, 10.79. The use of the aorist in these verses clearly refers to the once-for-all death of Jesus on the cross, not to His everyday life of consistent holiness and obedience. So, in 10.12 as our unique priest Jesus has offered, aorist, for all time one sacrifice for sins. He then sits down at the right hand of God, He has completed His work. We need no further sacrifice for our sins. His self-offering needs nothing more. We can only praise God with deep gratitude. 10.18 therefore concludes this passage with the assurance that is based on Jesus' perfect sacrifice for us. The Holy Spirit Himself testifies that God will bring us into the new covenant, in which He writes His laws in our hearts and minds, 10.16. Never again will He remember our sins and lawless acts, 10.17, for they have been entirely cleansed by the shed blood of Jesus. Now comes the final climax, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin, 10.18. Jesus offered His perfect sacrifice 2,000 years ago and nothing more is needed. Never again should we try to reenact, repeat or add to Jesus' sacrifice. Never again should we live with a guilty conscience under the burden of unforgiven sin.